Hey, I'm Scotty. Thanks for listening to Retail, a podcast by Rebuy, where we recap the top stories from tech and e-commerce last week and share why they matter this week. So without further ado, let's dive into the top stories. It happened. The Pope, Beyonce. Why, even poor little Elmo lost their verification checkmark on Twitter last week. Twitter's legacy blue checkmark era is over because it really was too easy to route out misinformation on the internet. The blue checkmark used to be a clout marker. You could feel proud about that little icon next to your Twitter handle, but now the checkmark just tells the world you paid for Twitter blue. What's more, brands are being asked to pay $1,000 UST to keep gold checkmarks of verification. If you're a small business and you're considering paying $1,000 for a gold checkmark, please, I'm begging you, invest it in your business instead of buying a emoji for validation. But it wasn't all bad news for Elon Musk last week. The delayed launch of the prize Starship Mega Rocket launched into the atmosphere. The Starship is the world's tallest and most powerful rocket, and it also exploded three minutes after liftoff. Yeah, it does appear to be spinning, but I do want to remind everyone that everything after clearing the tower was icing on the cake. Quote, Starship just experienced what we call a rapid unscheduled disassembly, SpaceX engineer John Isprucker said on the company's live stream after the explosion. God, I love the term rapid unscheduled disassembly. Musk watching from the control room was unperturbed by the fiery outcome. Of course, Musk's ultimate goal is much bigger. The billionaire is quoted as saying he'd like to build 1,000 starships to fly 100,000 people to Mars per year and build a city there. Listen, if Ellen is charging $1,000 for a gold checkmark verification, what would rent cost on like a three bedroom flat on the south side of the Olympus Mons volcano on Mars? Probably a lot. Okay, let's stay science fiction and go from space to artificial intelligence. Take a listen to this. That song, which sounds like a collab between Drake and The Weeknd, is actually an AI-generated track where both artists' voices were reproduced without their consent. Universal Music Group called for the immediate removal of the AI-generated song and called for a ban on future artificial intelligence-created music. Similarly, last week, the winner of the Sony World Photography Award refused to accept their award after revealing their shot was AI-created. If you're checking out the video version of this podcast, you can see it on screen now. Can you tell this moody shot entitled Pseudo Menencia, the electrician, is not a real photograph? German artist Boris Elginson said he submitted the picture to test the competition and create a discussion about the future of photography. From music to photography to artwork, using artificial intelligence for creative purposes remains a new frontier. For e-commerce brands or entrepreneurs, it represents an opportunity to generate inexpensive content for use with their businesses. Yet, for traditional media artists, this is a direct threat to their careers and livelihoods. These are early days in the AI-generated content era, and I do not envy any copyright lawyers in the future. Okay, last story this week is about one of the most successful subscription e-commerce businesses ever, Netflix. It is with a heavy heart that I reveal the last of Netflix's signature red envelopes have been mailed to that big mailbox in the sky. In shocking news to me that it still existed, Netflix revealed this week that their original DVD subscription business will be discontinued this year. It all started in 1997 when Reed Hastings and Mark Randolph had the idea to rent DVDs by mail. They tested the concept by mailing themselves a DVD, which arrived intact, and boom, the idea for Netflix was born. Apparently, despite the majority of Netflix users migrating to online streaming, 
the DVD mail option still had a small but loyal fan base. Randolph, the aforementioned Netflix co-founder, also revealed last week on LinkedIn how they pitched Blockbuster in the early 2000s on how they could join forces. Quote, the pitch was simple. We would join forces with Blockbuster. We would run the online business. They would run the stores. We would jointly develop a blended model. But when Hastings and Randolph were asked how much the deal would cost, they proposed $50 million. Quote, there was perfect silence. Their words were, we'll consider it but we could tell they were fighting to suppress laughter. After that, the meeting went downhill fast. As a former Blockbuster employee, ID number 25514, who was there when the company filed for bankruptcy in 2010, this does pain me to hear, especially when we fast forward to 2023 and Netflix has over 230 million subscribers and a market cap of like $149 billion. And Blockbuster's gone. What lessons can we take away from the Netflix story? Well, Randolph closed out the post by writing, if you're unwilling to disrupt your business, there will always be someone willing to do it for you. Along those lines, I think this is a shining example of recognizing where tailwinds are blowing and pivoting your business to be where customers are going. That's all for this week's retail podcast. If you like this episode, please rate, review, or subscribe to us on whatever platform you're listening from. Rebuy it. It's the fastest growing app for Shopify Plus and the trusted commerce AI platform for thousands of top brands across the world. Check out rebuyengine.com and learn how Rebuy's intelligent shopping experiences can boost your business's AOV, conversions, and LTV. That's all for now. I'm Scotty. We'll be back to retell the week's top stories next Monday. So until then, take care.